Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. This is a special episode for me today because we're going to be diving into one of the amazing projects that Alice, a member of the Do More Than Therapy community and a founding member of the Do More Than Therapy membership, is currently trying to get off the ground. So I'm really excited to be talking to you about that today. But before we dive into today's episode, there's something I want to tell you about. Do you have moments where you're unsure why you're doing what you do? Feeling burned out or stuck in your practice? Do you feel sick when you send invoices and sweaty when you check your bank balance? Or are you confident in what you want to do, but feeling overwhelmed by the idea of marketing? If any of these apply to you, then you need to be at the Do More Than Therapy Community Online Summit on Monday the 22nd of June. It's totally free to attend. Just join the group and let us know your email address to register. We've got expert speakers talking about pricing, mindset, running captivating online workshops and using Facebook groups to create community. So make sure that you're signed up for all of that good stuff. But now on with today's show. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing one of the founding members of the Do More Than Therapy membership, Alice Fiorica. The episode today is going to be a little different in format as I'm going to be coaching Alice through her plan for launching her first ever webinar next month. So hi Alice, it's really great to have you on the podcast today. Hello, thank you for having me. (laughs) So I think we should start by talking about your mission as I think it's always critical to know what you're hoping to achieve before you set out on any project, both for you and for the people that you're serving. So let's talk about your overall mission first before we get into the specifics for this project. So most people that joined the Do More Than Therapy membership have done so because they wanted to reach more people and build a more sustainable business by introducing some non-therapy kind of work into what they do. So was there something specific that you wanted to achieve when you joined the membership? Of course, I'm a therapist, so part of my overall mission is to provide, you know, first-class therapy service, uh, both face-to-face and online. But the reason why um, I joined Do More Than Therapy um, is because um, I also have a passion about um, sharing knowledge and breaking stigma, and I found... Um, they just just doing therapy one to one. It's just too slow. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's also why my first ever webinar because um, I want to make um, emotional health as familiar to people as physical health. Mm. Basically, so that's would be my mission. I think so many of us share that passion because um, it does feel like you know we talk about preventative steps we take for our physical health every day like it's the norm whereas that's really not percolated through into the way that we discuss mental well-being okay that makes a lot of sense so if you achieved that what kind of impact would it have on your personal life if you felt like you were really living that value and every day helping to combat stigma um, on my personal life, well, I think I will feel um, much more fulfilled mm. and um, that I'm making a difference mm. um, in, um, in the world, you know, not just my local community. 
that's why online is great and um, podcast and YouTube and all of those technology thing <laughs> uh, that can reach as many people as possible wherever in the world. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're seeking a greater sense of personal fulfillment for yourself. Yes. Um, and purpose. Brilliant. Okay. So if we drill into the webinar that you're working on at the moment, who exactly is this webinar designed to help? So this webinar is designed to help primarily, um, well, busy people that are stressed, mm-hmm. you know, and they might be um, juggling different commitments, deadline, family uh, commitments again, and they they tend to feel overwhelmed. But I think they also have some kind of prejudice about accessing therapy. Mm-hmm. So I think the webinar for me would be, and for them, would be a safer step to take to start getting to know this scary word of psychology um, that scare many people. So ideally, the kind of people that you'd really like to be there are the people that know they're feeling overwhelmed in their lives, but maybe wouldn't identify with a label like anxiety. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And also, of course, also therapists, if they want to know, because it will be on CBT, mindfulness and acceptance and commitment therapy. So if they have a different orientation, you know, and they might want an introduction you know, to what um, cognitive behavioral therapy and acceptance and cognitive therapy for stress and anxiety is that to use with the clients, for example, um, that would be also be good people to be at the webinar. Um, but yeah, I think for me it's mainly those people that wouldn't accept um, access therapy um, mm-hmm. normally. Okay, and we're going to talk, because that's quite a hard-to-reach group, I think. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit more about how we might find some of those people. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that you've mentioned that there's kind of two groups that you think would benefit from this. There's the the people who maybe wouldn't access therapy, but there's also a benefit for professionals that might want to attend. Um, and I know, probably if you said that, at a traditional marketing event because I I know that I've done things like this before people would probably be worrying that it wasn't specific enough to make it for two groups like that but actually I think many people listening to this and myself will have attended uh, mindfulness courses that were both for the public and professionals I I did the um, eight-week course at Bangor University and Um, I consider that to be the foundation of my mindfulness practice with clients, but it was also my foundation of my own mindfulness practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I I think therapy works like that, doesn't it? Yeah. You want to practice what you preach, isn't it? Exactly. Especially with with things like mindfulness and CBT. I think if you're not practicing it, then you can't um, teach it effectively. I, I don't think that's possible. So I actually think that works really well for this particular kind of webinar. We're just going to try and hold those two groups in mind as we go through. Mm-hmm. And if I neglect one of them in my questions, pull me up on it. <laughs> yeah. And well, obviously for me, the more people, the better. Um, so even those people that maybe have had therapy, you know, and they want a refresher, for example. Mm. 
but they're not my main focus, but they're welcome to come. <laughs> mm, and it may be that they are easier for you to contact. So we'll think yeah. more about that because um, when we get into thinking about how we're going to market this, sometimes the best approach is to go for the low-hanging fruit because they can pass your message on to yeah. the people who are your ideal client. So, for example, say I'm not quite your ideal client, but if I come to your webinar, I might tell my sister about it who is your ideal client. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, you know, it's important to, to think about where the quickest wins might be to start with, because that might get you to your eventual, eventual mission. Uh, but let's park the marketing bit for, <laughs> for a while and we'll get yeah. there. Um, we'll get there a little bit later, because I think it's really important that we're very clear on the problem that you're trying to solve for these people. So ideally, if it all goes really well and it's the best webinar you've ever run or attended, what would they leave saying was different? They would leave saying that they understand where stress is coming from, first of all. And they understand how anxiety plays a role in creating stress. And they've got the tools to start managing it. And then, of course, they try. And then if they need more support, they would be more open for therapy. So say that works really well. They come away with a complete toolkit. They feel really confident that they can deal with any anxiety that comes up in their lives. How is that actually going to look different? In their lives? Mm. Okay. So they will um, learn to differentiate what are the real problems and what are the production of the mind, Mm -hmm. right? And... Uh, learn to focus their energy and attention on the things that can actually influence in their life rather than being swept around. Is that right? Swept. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather than getting swept away. Swept. Sorry. Thank you. All of this stuff that they actually have no power and control over. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That sounds really valuable. Yeah. And that sounds like something I might understand if I knew nothing about psychology. Yeah, and also they will start making then um, steps in their chosen direction rather than aimlessly going around in circles or, again, swept by what happened in their life. They kind of choose where they want to go and start going. Okay, so they're going to be taking more confident steps towards the kind of life they want to live. Yes. By learning to differentiate what they can influence and what they need to learn to let go because it's not in their control. Okay, so they're going to stop wasting energy on stuff they can't control. Yeah. So the webinar is called How to Reduce Stress and Manage Uncertainty Using CBT, Mindfulness and Act. And I reflected a bit if just say how to reduce stress and anxiety using CBT mindfulness and act. But I thought because of my client that I'm trying to reach, if I put the word anxiety, they might pass on. While I found with my clients, a lot of people um, identify with not liking uncertainty. Well, that's anxiety, isn't it? <laughs> but 
maybe using the word uncertainty rather than anxiety. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. The language of it is crucial. And this is where it is difficult to have two different target audiences. Because where my head was going with these objectives would be, you know, if you're trying to sell it to somebody who doesn't know anything about therapy and is like switched off by the idea of therapy, then I wouldn't put CBT and ACT in the name because if anything, it will put them off because they don't think they need a therapy and those have both got therapy (laughs) in in the acronym. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you're dead right that uncertainty, that's a word that right now, because for anyone listening in the future, we're recording this in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uncertainty is a word that everybody knows applies to them. So that that I really like that being in the title. That seems really important. Yeah. Okay. Good. So thank you yeah. for the confirmation. <laughs> yeah. I really. I think that sounds like a, a really strong word to have in there. But I'm wondering if um, if something that puts where they're going to get puts the transformation that they're going to achieve at the end of this webinar more at the forefront might be a good idea rather than leading with um stress and uncertainty maybe something that emphasizes that they're going to move through that uncertainty in order to stop wasting their energy on stuff they can't control and move towards take confident steps i re- i like the idea of being more confident about it okay. um, towards the kind of life they want to live it's difficult because if you were marketing this purely for other therapists, I think you've got the right title already. Okay. But I'm trying to think, um, I hope she doesn't listen to this and get angry, but I am trying to think about what my sister would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've kind of got her in my head. Um, um, and yeah, I, I'm thinking something focused on how they're going to feel and behave differently at the end might be useful right. okay but we can come back to that I just sort of wanted yeah. to plant, plant that seed because the other thing yeah. I think is we shouldn't get too hung up about it yeah. because ultimately you can actually test out loads of different titles you can put out emails and posts to people um, saying oh, I'm doing this workshop with this title if not a lot comes back off it you can put out another one being like i'm doing this workshop with this title and see if more people same workshop yeah 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 there's nothing wrong with testing um you can test on people you know and on people you don't know um so you don't need to have the perfect title right now yeah um because neither of us can really know that yeah, I'm thinking, you know, CBT has become a word that is quite in common use at the moment. Even if people haven't done it, they know roughly what it is. And mindfulness is kind of on a buzz at, at the moment with a certain type of people. Yeah. The only thing that it's, it's not for me, but for the majority is quite mysterious is what ACT is. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Um, Definitely people don't know what ACT is. And yeah. actually, the name of ACT doesn't help it at all. Um, no. People don't like the sound of acceptance and commitment therapy. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, it, again, it really does depend on who you want to think, oh, this is for me. Um, I'm going to talk about her quite a lot in this episode, probably. But my marketing coach, um, Janet Murray, she always says you've got to 
um, come up with a title that makes people go, oh, that they've made that for me, that's me, and put their hand up and mm. say, oh, I know that I need that. So it's got to speak to what they think they need. Um, and if they really are people that don't think they need therapy, I wonder if even if they know what CBT is, they might then think, oh, it's not for me. Yeah, I mean, maybe not people that are completely against it, but maybe people who have played with the idea for a while, but they never made the step, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So, so this, oh, maybe a webinar, you know, it's kind of lighter, easing thing. Yeah, I, that could be. And like we were saying about people who are easier to reach to start with, those kind of people, maybe the people who've been on your website before even and thought about um, therapy but have not taken that plunge. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's quite a different group and having CBT yeah. in the title for them could be really yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, okay, that makes it a bit clearer. That's really useful. So why did you choose a webinar? Um. Well, of course, we are in lockdown. <laughs> yes, that influenced So that was a match option. Um, and, um, and then again, same reason, you know, I used to love doing groups when I worked for the NHS because for me, that's maximum impact with one-time um, effort, mm. right? So you're achieving much more people by doing the thing only once, right? So it's got much more um, impact. And at the moment, um, we are in lockdown, so you can't do workshop. And also, practically, I don't need to rent a room, you know. Um, there's much less expenses, and I can reach many more people, you know. Um, I cannot have a room with 200 people, but potentially, if 200 people buy it, I it doesn't make any difference to me if they're 20 or 200 so mm. yeah it's perfect I think you know it sounds like it fits with your experience what you've done before your experience at delivering groups mm. it fits with your values wanting to make that big impact and reach more people yeah um and practically it sounds very sensible as well yeah um Cool. So everything sounds in alignment for this project, which is great. It's the first thing I think we've got to check out uh, whenever we're yeah. starting something that actually fits. Because if it doesn't, our enthusiasm for it dies somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, but this is great. I can actually feel your enthusiasm for it. So it has not died. Brilliant. <laughs> can um, you feel the fear as well? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about that. So I wanted to do a little bit of a mindset check in and just ask, you know, I've been asking you a lot of questions about the project and I know when, when people do this to me, when my coach does this to me, I often start to feel a little bit insecure, some not so pleasant thoughts start coming up for me. So how are you feeling having talked about it for a while? Uh, well, as I, said, um, I feel, you know, I feel excited. I want it to work. And of course, then comes with the flip side of feeling scared of what, what if it doesn't, you <laughs> yeah. know? And um, so um, I've done other kind of psychoeducational videos, that, but they've always been free. Mm. Okay. So, so this is the first paid one, you know? So my mind is going wild. <laughs> okay. So it's thoughts about the, the money issue that, are sort of 
plaguing you at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, basically what the webinar is, I pull together all the learning that somebody going to therapy for stress and anxiety will get in, into 8 to 10, 12 sessions, right? Pull it all together in something that will be around three hours. Mm. Um, so technically, it's a learning war for over a thousand pounds, right? And so, and I'm planning to sell to sell it for seventy, mm. and um, by giving people on my mailing list also a twenty percent discount for being on my mailing list. Um, um, so it's kind of, I think, quite fair and good value for money. Mm-hmm. But still, my mind is telling me, sorry, I wrote them down what my mind is telling me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the people will not want to invest the money and the three hours. Mm-hmm. Also, because I'm planning to do it on a Saturday. And so who want to sit down on a sa- Saturday afternoon for three hours. Right? And then I felt uh, uh, um, that feel, people will feel betrayed that I moved from free to paid. Like, like you cheated us, you know, now it's paid. Yeah, um, you have put out quite a lot of free content before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that people will think I'm doing it for the money, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm not, but, you know, I, I still need to make a living and, you know, um, I invested lots of hours as well, but anyway. But you, you know, can't control people's perception, can you? Yeah. Mm. Um, but also I think people need to invest something you know, to take that first step to be emotionally invested in the process. Mm. Right? And it sounds like I can hear your rational mind doing battle <laughs> with the emotional side. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, it sounds very similar to what goes on in my head, too, about this stuff. And you've got all your rational reasons for why you should and need to charge for this yeah. service and why it's going to be good value for money and it's going to be a great investment for those people. But there's also this part of your mind that just is worried about what people will think mm. and would love to just give everybody everything for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my mind tells me you should. Well, then I should go back to the NHS, but that's not an option. Oh, it sounds like a tiring mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you remain engaged with this project when your mind's doing that to you? Um, well, um, of course, I use what, what I preach. So <laughs> I might postpone judgment, mm-hmm. you know, just do it and see how it goes. Or I use some act technique uh, that would be like noticing the thought, asking if that thought is helping me to uh, live the life I want to live and get to the point where I want to be in my life and do the things I want to be in my life or if it's stopping me. And if it's stopping me, then what are the thoughts would actually help me? So the thought that actually people need to make the first step, they need to invest something to be emotionally invested in it. It's Mm -hmm. much more helpful than thinking, oh, they will think, you're profiting from the pain, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that reminds me of um, values clarification, really. Mm. Because ultimately, you're, you're trying to help people in the best way possible. And you know from experience that 
often a free product doesn't help people in the best way possible because they don't commit. Yeah. So you've got a few good techniques there. Is is it feeling like enough right now? Are you feeling like you can still engage or is your head slightly out of the game? No, I'm fine. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. So let's get on to talking about practicalities then. So how many people do you need to be on this webinar to make it worth your while to do it? Okay. So I've done some math and if I'm selling it, you know, for 70 with 20% discount with the people that, you know, listening to this or on my mailing list and so on, um, I would need 11 to 15 people to break even mm-hmm. uh, or 30 to 40 people to also pay for the my time that I invested okay. up to now. Um, so easily 40 or more. Okay. I really like that you've worked that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we had the um, money masterclass for the membership, that was one of the points that Mahmood, the accountant, was making that you have to figure out how much you need to charge before you start any of your planning about marketing or how you're going to reach people. Um, and he's very passionate about us getting close to our numbers, close enough to know that. So I love that you already know that. Yeah. Brilliant. Of course, so, I could I could need more less people if I charged more. But then, if it's too expensive, then people will um, will not buy or will have more resistance to buy. And this is always the tension, isn't it? And again, I sort of think that neither of us know where that price point is right now. Sure. Mm-hmm. You've kind of got to go in, not in the dark, because you've sold therapy services before. Yeah. So you're not going in in the dark, but we are going in with a bit of a testing mindset. You know, we have to kind of see who we get on this webinar, whether they're the right people, whether they're committed enough. Um, if you got 300 people on the webinar, and they all loved it and gave you amazing testimonials that you could then put on your sales page for next time, you could then probably think about maybe charging more for it. Um, equally, if you find that you get people sign up and not show up, that might indicate that you haven't pitched it high enough. There's lessons that you can learn from giving it a go, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but you've kind of set it at, at a number that means that you're not having to aim for really high numbers to make break even. Um, but it, but it's a significant investment for people. So, yeah. so that sounds like a good, a good place to start. So how are you planning to tell people about it? Um, so I, well, I'm planning, um, good question. So I'm, pl- well, I'm planning to do a Facebook post mm-hmm. about it. Um, which I've written and now I'm either considering filming it or just uh, written words. I think the video will be more engaging, will will engage more people, but of course it takes more time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that post will go on my page, uh, which is Crossroads Psychology. And then um, I was thinking to, again, posting the groups that I'm part of, the one mm-hmm. I can. <laughs> and, um, and then I would send all of these with the, with the 20% discount. So really it's only 56 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and then I will send it to my mailing list. Um, and the Instagram and LinkedIn, you know, all the free things. And for that for two weeks. And then I take the 20% off and the plan is to do a Facebook ad for other two weeks with the same post. Okay, so two weeks organic and then two weeks with a paid ad. If needed. <laughs> okay, so um, how, if we just get some numbers down, how many people have you got on your mailing list? 34. <laughs> okay. And how many people follow your Facebook page? 500. Okay. Yeah. And at the moment, are you creating any regular content like a blog or a podcast or YouTube videos or anything? Uh, no blog podcast, just an occasional YouTube video, as I said, um, uh, free um, occasional videos. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, I've seen one of your videos and it was really good. Um, And does the webinar have a page on your website? Um, It doesn't, no. It's got, um, I've done a landing page. Brilliant. Um, I've got on my website, I do courses. So I might need to work out how to put a link to the landing page on my website definitely worth it if those people that you want to capture maybe are the people who might be loitering around booking with you and not quite able to take the plunge I would have some kind of very obvious link to it near where they'd be looking (laughs) yeah Um, and essentially that's what we're trying to do isn't it we're trying to get your offer near the people who might want to book it yeah Um, okay yeah, I need to work out how to put a link on the website. All of this technology. I'm a psychologist. It's driving me nuts. I know, I know. It, it's not comfortable or natural for us, yeah. really. But yeah. that, but it's really helpful to know that because, um, again, this is something that I've learned from my marketing coach over the past couple of years. Um, and it is a bit shocking. But online sales only have a conversion rate typically of 1% to 2%. Um, and people require a lot of know, like, and trust before they will click that button to buy something. Um, so with that in mind, usually if I'm planning something like this, like, like when I launched the Do More Than Therapy um, founding members launch on Crowdfunder, what I actually did with, with that was I mapped out a network map of everybody that I knew who might have an interest or know somebody else who might have an interest in what I was doing. And I um, sent out personal messages to every single one of those people before I did anything else. Um, And that was how I got my first 10 or 15 pledges on the crowdfunder. Um, Because it's that effect of, oh, yeah, that's not right for me, but I know somebody who it is right for. And the only people who will do that are people that already know how good you are. They, they've already experienced um, how compassionate you are, maybe as a friend, so they know you're a good therapist because of that, or they've worked with you in some capacity before. So obviously you don't need to say names out loud because we're recording this on the podcast. Um, but do you think you could make a list of anyone you know from your personal life who might need your webinar or have access to people who need it 
So, yeah, so I looked at um, kind of uh, people I know that might be able to help promoting it, let's say. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And this would be like um, um, around 36 in total. You know, uh-huh. like ex-colleagues or friends or, you know, well, people I, I know, I, I, or I know I knew along the way, you know, that I came back, came back in contact with. Um, and that is quite a nice way to approach it, actually. I mean, often um, if I'm sending out messages to people about something, I either send a message saying that I'd really value their feedback, which is always true. I think always through this whole process being really hungry for feedback from people is really helpful because the words people use when they give you feedback can inform things like what you should call it, what the title should be, what words should be in your Facebook post, what words should be in your emails. I think anyone who will talk to you about this webinar have the conversation. Um, So so that's really helpful. So I might send out messages to people who I know that they're not going to book on it, but they might be able to give me some feedback yeah. about it. Also because half of those are psychologists. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so they might not example, book it for themselves, but they might, yeah, can help it promote it, let's say. And, and this is one of the um, ethos points of the Do More Than Therapy group, because I'm not creating a webinar about this, but I might have a client that would really benefit from one. Um, so I might send them to it. And I, you know, I think there's a lot of that. Certainly other psychologists are one of my best referral streams for therapy. And and I don't see why it shouldn't, it shouldn't be the same for things that we do outside of the therapy room. So I think not being afraid to reach out to all those people who maybe you think, oh, they're not going to be interested in this, uh, but maybe they could give you helpful feedback on it. So I might ask my family, for example, for feedback on the wording of something it helps in two ways they might give me useful feedback but even if they don't they now know that I'm doing this webinar and if they meet somebody who needs it they'll pass it on so approaching it from that angle helps another angle you can go down is directly asking people to share it for you and if you can make that easy um so again you've probably received some of these messages from me but sometimes if I've got something to put out there I might create an Instagram story and a Facebook post and then send those images to people and say could you share this on your wall for me they don't have any work to do it goes straight into their phone they just go save photo and share so they're much more likely to do it if you write all the copy you create all the images then people who like you and trust you um, are quite likely to, to share your work yeah. And that can really, really help. Um, and what about ex-clients? How would you feel about contacting them? Um, not great, because um, I contact all of my ex-clients recently to send them um, a video on managing isolation and anxiety due to coronavirus, that I think mm. is the one you saw. Yeah. Um, and I gave them the option to be on my mailing list if they wanted to. So some people took that option mm-hmm. and, and they will receive the mail to the mailing list and some other didn't. So I don't want to email them when they said I don't want to be on the mailing list. Yeah, and I don't think you can actually. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, 
So, I don't know. You know I, that's, that's both the right thing and the legal thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I, but I think the ones that did, yeah. they, rather than just sending them out uh, a mail shot that goes to everybody, maybe pick a few of them that you've got a good relationship with and and just ask for that feedback you know is this something that you think would have helped you before you worked with me or could help you now um because again you'll get really helpful information from it but also it will just put it in their minds so that they might share it because they're very likely with a topic like this we all know people who would benefit from it everybody does um so the more people that you can spread the message to in a way that doesn't feel like you're trying to sell it to them, because I know that, that mm. that's probably the bit that feels uncomfortable, especially with ex-clients. You don't want to feel like you're in any way abusing that, that relationship dynamic that you've had with them. Yeah. Um, and I think asking them for honest feedback is a really good way um, to, to go around that because you will value the feedback um so to me that feels very authentic and and genuine and I think I've had really really helpful feedback from that over Christmas I wrote a book for um parents who are going through divorce and an ebook and I didn't have any clients that were in that situation but I sent out emails to quite a few of my clients saying you know could you proofread this for me and just tell me if the language is accessible if you feel like before we met you'd have been able to make use of it um and I know a lot of them then passed on the link to people who did need it and Mm. and that feels good for both of us they got to help somebody that they care about um I got feedback on my work and I'm sold a couple of my ebooks so I would say kind of if you're feeling anxious about it it's it's about finding a way of doing it that feels good Um, yeah but not being afraid because you're far more likely to to sell spaces on your webinar to people who have got some kind of connection with you um whether that's direct or whether it's because they know somebody who knows and trusts you already because the likelihood of somebody knowing and trusting you enough off a facebook post is quite small um yeah I mean Janet is always really brutal (laughs) about it she always reminds me you know that if you've got um, 100 people in your audience if you sell one you're actually doing well Um, and yeah I think but you can convert higher than that it can happen Um, if you've got something which is exactly what people want at the moment that they want it Um, so getting all of that feedback and knowing what exactly what needs to be in that Facebook post, I think is going to be really helpful. Good. That sounds helpful. So when I mail my mailing list and, you know, my friend and so on, um, I can ask them for their feedback. So then I can update the Facebook card to that. Exactly. Exactly. Because then you can use the words that people use when they talk about these issues. Yeah. Um, it's also worth actually trawling back through your memory archives of the way that people talk to you in your first assessment sessions with them when they yeah. come to therapy. You know, what do they say? What language do they use? Um, rather than maybe thinking about it in the way, the language that we normally use, um, yeah. which can be quite different. So, okay, that sounds really useful. Um, okay. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I did want to say when I'm talking about the idea of um, messaging all of these people that you know, are you noticing any particular mind gremlins coming up? Because I find they usually kick me in the gut around this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, um, I mean, you get a knot in the stomach and and you think they're going to think you're spamming them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I know that so yeah. well. And um, Let's spam them anyway. <laughs> Feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> and Janet, who um, is my coach and she's an audience building expert, she has a really nice way of describing what we tend to do in response to that. Um, and she says, we, we like to play in the cold ring. <laughs> which is where we'll create social media posts, we'll create videos, we'll do all of this stuff for people that don't know us and we'll spend all our time doing that and we'll kind of forget to reach out to the people who do know us because it's just more comfortable. It's basically avoidance. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so what is your plan then for making sure that you don't spend all of your time in the cold ring and that you do take the plunge and message these people? Um, what's my plan? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I will start with the closest friends mm-hmm. and asking for feedback. Brilliant. Um, to the landing page. So they've got the link <laughs> to the landing page. Um, yeah. And maybe also the feedback to the wording of the possible Facebook group, um, uh, Facebook uh, um, post. Um, and then I will email the mailing list. Same thing. I will ask them for feedback um, on both. Mm-hmm. And, um, and giving them the opportunity to, to buy it with the discount if they want to or to um, spread the discount to their friends. And when I collect all of the feedback, then I, I will do the Facebook post and put into groups and and then and then they add if needed Mm. yeah and actually um you can obviously share that in the do more than therapy group like that's part of the purpose of the group i'd really like you to um but i also think that a good strategy for other groups that you want to share it into is to look for conversations that people have had where they would benefit from it so if you're in any um small business groups, for example, um, small business networking groups, rather than just putting a post in there about it, use the search bar to look for when people have used words like overwhelm or burnout or stress, you know, the the common words um, for Mm. what we might call anxiety. Um, Then you can sort of drop a comment in there it is easier i would say to do that if you've got some kind of free content that links to your webinar so what i've what i would usually do if i've got time is create something like a blog um which introduces the key concepts that you're going to be covering in the webinar and then have the link to the webinar landing page at the bottom of that so it very clearly is like if you found this valuable then it's a good idea to book onto this webinar. Because again, that's giving people the opportunity to 
get to trust you, to get to know you, mm. to realise your expertise before they take the plunge giving you money. Um, it's also easier mm. um, in terms of not being chucked out of Facebook groups. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. most, most admins in most groups are okay with you um, linking to blog posts and things. Um, but it's not uncommon at all to get booted out for linking to landing pages. Um, oh, I see. Oh, yes. It's, it's happened to most of us, I'd have thought, a few times. Yeah. It's certainly happened to me lots of times. <laughs> um, so so you've got a bit of a plan there. So yeah. you know who you're going to reach out to. Can you set yourself a deadline to help yourself achieve that? Um, yes. Um, so I, I had said the deadline is the 19th of June. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's when I was thinking to do the, then the, the paid ad. So I said all the, all the rest need to, to go before that. Yeah. Um, but now thinking that I need to do two stages, first close friends and then uh, an organic post, mm-hmm. then maybe the 12 for the organic post yeah yeah so it's out for a week and then um and then the 19 for for the paid post and so between now and the 12th is when you're sending out all your personal messages yes okay yeah that sounds good and i quite like to break that down um into how many you're going to send a day (laughs) um because otherwise, I think anything we can do to reduce the um, overwhelming nature of the task will help for when those mindset gremlins start trying to pull you off course, making it as easy for yourself as possible. Um, but the personal message, can I send it directly to the landing page or do I need to have the blog post first? Um, I think for friends and family, if you're asking for feedback on... The, the wording of your post and the wording of the landing page, they can go straight to the landing page. Okay. They already know, like, and trust you. Okay. So that they right. know that you've got the right expertise already. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's just for people who don't know you yet. They're going to need a bit more evidence that you know what you're talking about. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. So with those personal messages, um, how many do you think you could send Per day. Per day. Mm. Personal messages. Um, I don't know, poss- maybe maybe 10? Yep, sounds like a reasonable number. Now, one tip um, that I'll share from when I did the crowdfunder launch was I found that extremely anxiety provoking. I found it really, really difficult to send those personal messages. Um, and I had a similar target per day. So I'd come home from work and I'd be like, right, I've got my, I think I did seven a day, my seven messages to send. And I'd already have um, laid out in a Trello board because I love Trello, I'm an absolute nerd when it comes to that sort of thing. I'd, I'd have, right, it's going to be this seven people today and have it as a tick off list. And I already had most of the text of the message um, in that Trello card so that I could just copy and paste it. 
And I really recommend having it somewhere that you can copy and paste it where it's got all the links and the main content of the message is already there. And you'll want to add in some personal bits. Like, and I definitely recommend that and um, that you don't just copy and paste the exact same message to everybody. Um, but having the bulk of the message already written is just going to make it a little bit easier. You know, I like, you know, the act metaphor of the passengers on the bus. If, if the passengers on your bus are going absolutely crazy at you, it's a lot easier to focus on the road if the road is right in front of you rather than having to like crane your neck off on some strange angle to try and see it. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly rubbish use of the metaphor, but y- you know what I mean. Just yeah. make it as easy as you can for yourself um, because you are going to be combating some major mind gremlins to do it. Yeah. Yeah, he's already saying, you know, yes, you can send to your close friends, but you can't send to the people you haven't spoken for in a year. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, I I sent some messages to people I hadn't spoken to for five years because I knew that it was going to be relevant to them. And it was the hardest thing. But the positive responses I had back. Yeah, good. It it was well worth it. And that is what then gave me the confidence to take it out to more people and to start doing things like setting up the Facebook group and all all of that stuff. So every time we make ourselves vulnerable like this, we gain a bit of strength the next stage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting quite excited actually thinking (laughs) about it because it's, it's genuinely been a really um, powerful experience for me on a personal level. Um, Yes. It's excited to see you about to do that. Um, Okay. So I think that's most of the practical stuff because we've talked about perhaps doing a blog. Um, it doesn't have to be a blog, by the way. It could be a video because you, you do some really good videos. Um, yes, but the video um, that I wrote was um, it was to sell the um, webinar. It's not like an explanation of techniques. I mean, I've got the one hour long video that, about uh, stress and anxiety but most of the content will be the same Mm. you know expanded into three hours of course so there will be more content but I don't want to give free the one hour I already did (laughs) Um, and then they will not buy the three hours yeah yeah that makes sense so so yeah so um, it's worth having a think um maybe once you've written the blog about whether you might be able to repurpose that into a video as well. But again, Mm. I think like I was saying before, you don't need to get hung up on it because you can always test. And if nobody's reading the blog, then you might want to try a video. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. I think this isn't the only webinar you're ever going to run. So, I mean, they talk a lot in marketing about, you know, perfecting your funnel yeah. Uh, not a terminology that I enjoy no. um, at all, but I think the essence of of that is like nobody ever comes up with the perfect yeah. way of getting their idea in front of people. I mean, I've got the free video on how to um, manage um, isolation and anxiety due to coronavirus, but I think people are fed up with videos about coronavirus at the moment. You know, it's yeah, kind of yeah um so i don't think that i'll think about it but yeah that's a good idea and you'll be able to use all this feedback that you're going to get by sending these personal messages out you're going to be able to use that to create what people are feeling like they need right now because we could guess all we want 
Um, but really, people on the ground are going to give you that information. Um, so you'll probably change and adapt your ideas in response to that, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, I've got one final point, because uh, obviously we do need to wrap up. Um, but I've got one point I wanted to make about paid advertising, um, just because you know I have pretty much made every mistake in the book when it comes to Facebook advertising. Um, but one thing I, I do know is that if you've got a post that is doing well organically, that is the post to promote. Don't promote something which nobody is liking or commenting or sharing um, organically because they won't like or comment or share um, when it's a paid advert either. So what I would probably do if I was you is once you've got that feedback from the personal messages, I would start posting about this webinar every which way possible every day and just seeing which posts work for people. I mean, you might notice that when I'm promoting a podcast episode, I don't put out, I, I do put out a post that just says, this is the new podcast episode. But as well as that, I've also got lots of posts leading up to that, asking people questions about the topic. You know, have you ever thought about this particular topic? Um, or uh, maybe telling a story that relates to the topic in some way. Then when people like or comment on that, I know that they're interested in the episode. So I then can send them the link, knowing that I'm not spamming them because I already know that they're interested in the topic. And that's another piece of advice that I got from Janet. Um, and I feel like I, sh I should say, actually, that um, for anyone who's listening, who might be interested in um, building an online audience. That's what Janet specializes in. And I'll put a link in the show notes to her Build Your Online Audience program. Um, because all of this advice is stuff that I've, I've learned from her about how to get people to know, like and trust you on social media and also find the people who really want to be at your webinar. So all you have to do, you don't have to sell to them. All you have to do is tell them about it and yeah. they'll want it. And can we also put a link to the landing page so people can give me oh, feedback? Of course. <laughs> of course. Yes. I think that's really, really important. Um, so where is the best place to find you and where is the best place to find the landing page to your webinar well the best place to find the landing page to my webinar at the moment is in the link you're going to put in the notes because <laughs> it's not anywhere yet um the best place to find me is um on facebook mm -hmm. looking for crossroads psychology um it's also on linkedin crossroad psychology and on instagram uh, but Instagram, you can not put links. So I'm not really sure how to use Instagram. So what, what I would do on Instagram is I'd make the link in your bio, the link to the landing page. Oh. And then in all your posts, just put link in bio, link in bio, link in bio. Um, because that's what people are used to on Instagram. So they know if you don't have, I think once you've got 10,000 followers or something, then you can swipe up and link to things and all sorts um, but people know that if you don't have that then they need to go to your bio and follow that link um, oh okay Good yeah to you, you thank can you the link in your bio as often yeah. as you want so yeah. while you're promoting this webinar i would absolutely have it as your webinar landing page okay because at the moment there's my website yeah which so, is obviously crossword psychology so you could dot. either um change it to the link to your landing page which is probably the easier option or you could do something like put a pop-up 
on your existing website so that anybody that lands on your existing website is told about the webinar. It's completely up to you. I find pop-ups really hard. <laughs> and I wouldn't know how to do that either. So Yeah, so it might be just better to link to the landing page. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I'll, I'll do that. Um, so a final selfish question um, okay. before we finish, if that's okay. Um, I'd just like to ask a little bit about how the Do More Than Therapy membership so far has helped you with getting this idea going. Well, um, of course, I joined because I felt, you know, finally there's somebody else that want to do more than therapy you know but making a bit bigger impact than one-to-one 20 person people a week for six months whatever long is the therapy that's way too slow (laughs) (laughs) um so so it felt good for me to be part of um of community of therapists that want to do the same and um also, of course, the supervision group, you know, we are, um, I only had, um, attended one and, until now because I couldn't, um, the last one. But, you know, it's really nice to connect with like-minded people. And because um, I'm a founding member, I also attend the courses, uh, which I'm looking forward to the marketing one because, <laughs> you know, I know exactly what I want to do, uh, but how to market it vague ideas <laughs> so yeah looking forward to that and I will watch the recording for the know your numbers one because mm. again could have made that one um, but yeah you know many thanks for doing that um, I found them um, create a place for all of us that want to do more yeah, and I'm really, I'm really excited to hear what you do with this. And I will be holding you accountable to all of this and asking you how you're getting on with all your personal messaging okay. <laughs> and, uh, and all the promotion for it at the next peer supervision. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a real pleasure, Alice. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I will put all the links that we've talked about in the show notes so that people can easily find us. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. Do you have moments where you're unsure why you're doing what you do? Feeling burned out or stuck in your practice? Do you feel sick when you send invoices and sweaty when you check your bank balance? Or are you confident in what you want to do, but feeling overwhelmed by the idea of marketing? If any of these apply to you, then you need to be at the Do More Than Therapy Community Online Summit on Monday the 22nd of June. It's totally free to attend. Just join the group and let us know your email address to register. We've got expert speakers talking about pricing, mindset, running captivating online workshops and using Facebook groups to create community. So make sure that you're signed up for all of that good stuff.